Hi everyone and a warm welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology, talent, transformational change and of course tech as a force for good. I'm your host Professor Sally Eves and today we're focusing in on the energy sector, one of the most dynamic industries today and in this special feature with Microsoft we're exploring just how companies can better drive digital transformation, decarbonize and achieve growth for shared value too. In particular we'll be unpacking the critical role of cloud storage and data analytics for grid modernization and the power pairing of AI and data to shape the future of energy, especially clean energy, alongside talent and ecosystem considerations as well. So let's get started. And to do so, I'm delighted to be joined now by the brilliant Bilal Kashid, Director of Energy and Sustainability for Americas at Microsoft. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Bilal to the show. Wonderful to meet you here. Well, wonderful to be here, Sally. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And honestly, what an important topic area I think we have on our hands today. I think energy, one of the most interesting dynamic sectors right now. So much is happening. Now, whether we look at it from a supply chain perspective, cybersecurity, sustainability, so many different things. What are you seeing here, Bilal, in your role? And also just to set the scene as well, tell us a little bit more about kind of the person behind the tech and your role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a an industry that I'm very passionate about and an industry that I've been involved in for, for quite so many years. Um, I, you know, my background, I've, I've been with, within the industry for about 17 years now. And here at Microsoft, I mean, we're doing so much cool stuff within the energy industry and uh, leading the, the energy and sustainability business and the power utility business more specifically here at Microsoft, I get the opportunity to work very closely with industry leaders, thought leaders, with industry executives and utilities all across the globe, which has been fantastic. And, you know, just thinking about all of the challenges that this industry has, um, if, if you roll back the clock a bit, you know, the, the power grid, as we know it, it, it began its journey in the, in the late 19th century. You know, back then, it was all about large scale, centralized generation. Uh, we had these massive power plants, mostly coal, uh, gas fired that were churning out electricity, sending it down long transmission lines to homes and businesses. Um, and that made sense at the time. You know, the technology we had was well suited for these um, industrial setups. So it was like this one-way street where power plants at one end, users at the other end, and power flowed in one direction. And that was that. Now, you fast forward to today, and things um, have really started to change. We're seeing a fundamental shift in how we generate and distribute power. And there's several reasons for this, Sally. I mean, for one, the technology has evolved. Um, and of course, climate change and sustainability is, is another big factor. So we're moving away from these massive centralized power stations, um, and we're seeing the rise of what we call decentralized generation. Um, things like rooftop solar panels, uh, local wind farms, small hydroelectric plants, uh, battery storing, all of this renewable energy. Um, and the sources are spread out much more closer to where they're actually used. So, so the really cool advantages, of course, uh, one, it's efficient. Uh, highly sustainable, uh, but that comes with some significant challenges. The, the grid itself, the infrastructure itself, was not designed to have this kind of bi-directional power flow as well. So we'll, we'll dive into some of this, but I mean, there's, there's so much that's going in behind that and so much complexity that is being introduced because of the shift in what we're seeing. The, I, I'd like to say the very physics of the grid are changing. It's such a good example. I love the fact that you've kind of 
shown where we've come from. And you're absolutely right. When we go back to the start of this, it was completely aligned and fit for purpose. Just now we've got such a kind of scale, scope, sophistication of different types of changes, whether that's cybersecurity, when we've never seen utilities kind of threatened so much from that particular area, even to the extent of kind of moving beyond, say, malware to killware, I've been looking at recently as well. So that has taken on a whole new resonance, but also the cost crisis around energy too, fragility of supply chains, excluded populations and as you mentioned there the tech convergence that can really make a difference to kind of overcome some of these challenges some of this complexity some of the visibility issues as well and actually use this as an opportunity because I think done right if we address the challenges in energy the right way we can actually build in energy security from the other sense you know I think we can actually make a real difference and help so many people so it's an exciting kind of juxtaposition here to overcome these challenges and and really seize the opportunities to do this right too and you know on that subject of convergence another trend i've certainly been seeing in is kind of how the electricity um, sector is converging with communications far more too um, as part of this so we've got this bigger convergence with the grid that you were talking about there and obviously as part of that massive data sharing is happening isn't it so could you explain a little bit more about the implications of that so from an analytics point of view cloud storage for example too it's you know inherent in this grid modernization imperative really yeah i mean absolutely there's now that the 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 power utility sector, a lot of people don't know this, but it actually was one of the sectors that produces the most amount of data, given the amount of sensors, the amount of extensive networks that we have on the transmission side, the distribution side, the, the generation side. We are pr producing mountains and mountains and mountains of data. Um, and with the introduction of more and more renewables into the grid, with the introduction of more IoT devices into the grid that bring a lot of benefit in terms of higher degrees of reliability, uh, a higher degree of situational awareness into what's happening in the grid in real time, um, and then being able to use the cloud uh, to really aggregate and automate um, a lot of uh, the actions that need to be taken to ensure higher levels of reliability. Um, but a lot of this, like you mentioned, you mentioned cybersecurity risk, uh, because of all of these new data points, all of these access points, the cybersecurity risk begins to grow as well. Um, you know, it used to be that the biggest concern for a power plant or for a utility was a physical breakdown. You know, a busted pipe, a faulty valve uh, could be huge implications in terms of a disaster. But now there's threats around cyber attacks. Um, and the interconnected world, like you mentioned, uh, between customers, utilities, and other organizations, all of us rely on all of this digital technology. It, it helps us manage the grid more effectively. Um, but imagine a scenario where hackers gain control of a power plant, right? Um, it could shut down operations, could manipulate equipment, could cause physical damage, uh, not just on the power plants, but the grid itself, right, even right down to smart meters and, and to customers. So it, it's a, absolutely a, a real threat. Um, the way we deal with this is through very strong, very effective, robust cybersecurity measures. Um, you know, and this is a range of secure software, encrypted communications. Uh, and this is one of the things that actually attracted me to, to Microsoft was the uh, the amount of focus that there is on cybersecurity, billions of dollars being invested to secure infrastructure and critical infrastructure. Um, so, I mean, this is an absolutely a, a risk that exists within the industry. Um, it's all about risk mitigation, ensuring that we have effective controls and means to, to help mitigate that risk um, and to be managing that data effectively.
Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think the other thing that I've, and I've done a lot of work with Microsoft directly, and I've been really impressed with, say, the unification piece that supports this too. So you know, when we're talking about all kind of forms of digital transformation, really not just in energy sector, but particularly relevant because of the complexity we've been talking about here and also the need to decarbonize as well. But the unification around all the different types of technologies that are coming together is absolutely huge as well. Because again, if you have complexity, the biggest way to deal with that is, is kind of obviously reducing that, but having the visibility ability to understand exactly what you have in that estate because again obviously that reduces risk um but what i've seen you doing with things like intelligent edge and cloud but also ai big data platforms etc bringing these things together the facilitation piece for organizations not and also not just from the technology but the the advice and the knowledge sharing whether that's around the risk reports around security or the new energy reports that's come out recently too I think that's also incredibly important. It's bringing it together from a tech piece point of view, but also having that trusted partnership support too. Because I think, again, we're seeing we can't do these things alone. You have to come together to, to solve these different, different, you know, complicated, messy challenges, frankly. So I'd love to kind of explore that a little bit more about how you support unification from a technology standpoint, but also kind of how you're working with others in the ecosystem too to, to help make a difference here. Because um, again, I think power of the ecosystem is one of the biggest trends going, and it's such an important one. I'm so glad we've kind of reached that point now yeah uh, sally i'm so glad that you brought that up and that you mentioned it explicitly that we cannot do this alone yep. um, and that is absolutely primary to our position in energy here at microsoft is that we are all about partnership and co-innovation to solve some of the biggest challenges that our generation has ever faced in terms of um, energy efficiency in terms of sustainability in terms of all of the challenges that we have on the power grid itself uh, so that is absolutely a core part of, of my role and uh, what we're doing to really create a, a more of a holistic ecosystem of partners that work together to solve these challenges. Um, you know, the, 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 the folks that have deep rooted credibility in this industry that have been serving this industry for, in some cases, 100 years, you know, the GEs, the Schneiders, the Siemens, you know, those type of folks who, who bring deep rooted credibility, who build the, the operational technology aspect, you know, that convergence of OT to digitalization in the cloud and um, leveraging the cloud infrastructure to aggregate a lot of those type of control systems. This requires some deep collaboration and deep partnership. Um, and this is something that we is absolutely core to how we go to market. Um, I've got several examples that we that, that I can think of. You know, some of the incredible work that we're doing with Schneider Electric, um, you know, Schneider Electric has uh, the partnership that we have is, is deep rooted. Um, they've deployed um, or have re-architected their uh, platforms or their solutions to run natively in the Azure stack. Uh, so software and technology that would manage your distributed energy resources, for example, uh, these are technologies that typically have ran on-prem, and now we're, we're deploying them in the Azure cloud. Um, and this brings a ton of benefit for, for the industry, being able to aggregate uh, massive amounts of data in real time, compute that data in real time, and act against it, is making a real impact in terms of uh, ensuring that we have the highest degree of reliability with the assets and infrastructure that we have in place. It's, it's truly fantastic, and partnership is absolutely key. 
it's a great example. I, I've done some work with Schneider Electric as well, and I'll share actually in some of the, the notes around this podcast too. Um, there's a blog that I've got on, on their website actually, which is talking about um, this from a measurement point of view too. And I love what you were saying there about the power of data to give the agency, kind of the agency to act. You know, it's not just active intelligence, kind of right data, right role, right time. It's also the confidence to apply that as well. And so the data trust, all those different elements coming together, and but also the measurement of impact around this too. And that's what I was writing about with, with Schneider about kind of going beyond some of the targets to more for example science-based ones that are elevated another level but but also helping people to to measure in a way that's more consistent and comparable so that you can look at what one organization is reporting on against another and actually be able to make conscious comparisons because at the moment that can be quite challenging both internally for organizations you know making sure say you're looking at scope one to scope three and internal and external sources um, and then presenting that way that people can make comparisons and you get that buy-in along the way if you measure that right too. So I think this is a really interesting area as well um, in terms of supporting the measurement of impact around, around um, changes, particularly around the SDGs, but sustainability being right up there, of course, for energy. But I think that's a really interesting area that I've also seen you really supporting too and getting involved in this and helping organisations to do this better because everyone benefits from that if we can get measurement right up there on the agenda too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when, when we talk about sustainability, when we talk about uh, kind of that, that collaboration that needs to exist across the industry, you know, one of the, the key elements that comes to mind to me are, are smart grids and microgrids and the role that that's going to play in terms of defining and really improving um, levels of sustainability across the entire industry. Um, and just just for your 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 listeners, uh, maybe going over, you know, what we hear smart grids, microgrids often in the media, um, and I, I think that we don't do a, a good enough job in really explaining what is this technology that we keep hearing about in terms of smart grids and microgrids, and what does this relate to? And it touches on a lot of the aspects that you mentioned earlier, Sally, in terms of the 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 new data that's being leveraged, uh, the use of AI that that's also being leveraged within the industry. Um, but, you know, what's with smart grids and microgrids, the essence of this is really to ensure that we can allow to better balance and supply demand and respond to outages much faster um, and even be able to integrate more renewable energy sources. Right. So, I mean, when we talk about sustainability, we, we know that renewable energy sources are going to be a central key component of that. Um, and plus, you have smart meters. You know, you can get real time information on your energy usage so you can make smarter uh, more greener choices. It's like uh, um, ensuring that you have the, the the technology in place to make changes, real life changes to how you consume power as well. And then you can take this a step further, you know, the, meet the microgrid. Um, this is like a, a mini power grid that can operate independently from the main grid. Um, so think about a, um, a small town, uh, a uni university campus, for instance, that generates its own power, uh, maybe through solar panels or, or its own wind turbines. Um, and in normal times, it's it's connected to the main grid, uh, but if there's an outage, yeah, it can disconnect and, and keep the lights on and using its local power. So it really cool stuff. To me, it's a, it, when when you know when the industry start, was starting to leverage this, in some cases was almost sci-fi-ish. It's pretty exciting. Uh, but really, these microgrids can can boost resilience, um, especially in areas that are prone to to natural disasters. And there's no shortage of that um, lately. You know, you, you turn on the news at any given time, there's always some natural disaster that's on the news. Um, so these microgrids are really there to help integrate more renewable energy uh, into our power system and ensure that you can have the higher levels of, of uh, reliability on the network as well. 
I love that. And you know what that's made me think of as well, is that I was talking about this only the other day, actually, about how surfaces are going to become a new frontier in energy management. So you've got the EV car itself, but what about what you can do with the surface of the road? Like we've seen in pavements and how that can generate solar, for example, too. But I think there's going to be even more connected kind of convergence across not just the car itself, but its interaction with the road surface and what we can do there, particularly in different countries, for example, to harness that power, too. So I think we're going to go to an even more kind of integration around different surfaces for energy too. even our skin you know, going forward as well. What energy can we capture from, from within, you know? So with wearables and things and, and relate that. So I just think this whole area is getting more and more exciting, more and more dynamic about what we can do and how we can bring different technology and data sets together to make a difference in so many different ways. So I, I love your example there. And it kind of got me on a new train of thought too. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many different ways that you can like leverage all of these technologies. And uh, the, the the one thing that kind of, that, strings through all of these technologies is also AI, right? And, and Sally, before the session, we were talking about, you know, the AI AI, and how it's become such a mainstream, I hate using the word buzz because I don't think it's buzz right now. I think it is going to be um, here and it's here to stay, but even AI and the use of energy, um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily link AI to the power utility industry and, and how it fits within this, in, this industry. Um you know, you know, thinking about data and all of that massive data that that we produce and within this industry, um, we can't really do much with that data unless we really start making sense of it. And that's where AI comes in. Um, you know, these these algorithms that can sift through just massive, massive amounts of data and, and spot patterns that humans might miss. Um, one thing that that is really taking off in the industry is um is predictive asset maintenance, right? Um, you can predict when a piece of equipment is about to fail or or even when demand is going to spike. And it, it, it's it's in, quite incredible. It's almost like having a super powered crystal ball of, of sorts to, uh, to your disposal. Um, and back to the predictive maintenance piece, you know, by analyzing these patterns and anomalies on operational data, um, AI, can predict when a machine or a particular asset is likely to fail. And it gives you that time to, to repair those assets to avoid some sort of a, a catastrophic breakdown. So uh, really incredible stuff. Um, even if you look at energy demand forecasting, you know, the, the AI can now analyze weather forecasts, can look at historical usage data, um, can go through real-time data from smart meters, take all of this and in real time and begin to predict how much energy will be needed at any given time. And, and this really helps us balance and load the grid and, and, and prevent these blackouts. So when we think about AI, it's not just about robots or, or self-driving cars. It really is a powerful tool and that's gonna help us run the power grid more efficiently, more reliably, and of course, more sustainably as well. I love that. It's an AI conversation beyond chat GPT. I love that. I love that. I think that's so, I think it's so, so important because it's fantastic what we're seeing, you know, going back to chat GPT for a second, the, the advances there, but obviously with advances, you need reflection on those two. So I love the fact this is such a tangible example of AI itself being used to be far more proactive with data. That's what I love with what you were talking about there. It's not trying to retrospectively look at an issue and, and try and understand it. It's getting ahead of that. Um, particularly all the changes, you know, going back to the top of our conversation, the ability to have that active intelligence, but go beyond that to be truly proactive. 
and plan ahead for all those different reasons around, you know, improved decision making, the better efficiency, boosting security, but also the smart energy management that you were talking about there too. AI and obviously data together is a power pairing, isn't it? I think to use that pun for the sector we're in, but it really is bring those two things together right. You're not just helping to kind of reshape the future of energy um, for business benefit, but also for societal as well. So, again, that's what I loved about the examples you're bringing to the fore there. You're seeing benefits for business in terms of cost savings, efficiency, productivity, satisfaction. But you're also seeing it for reduced impact on the environment as well. So incredible kind of example of shared value there with AI and data use in the right way. So love that. It's fantastic. Agreed, Sally. I I really think that um, we have just hit the tip of the iceberg or scratch the surface, so to speak, when it comes to when it comes to putting operational data to work within the industry. And, and quite honestly speaking, for, for all industries, more broadly speaking, just thinking about the, the use of AI and the impact it could have across all aspects of operations. Um, but there are tremendous opportunities to take the data that already exists today and create meaningful actions that are going to have direct impact on reliability, have direct impact on customer and customer satisfaction when it comes to how they interact with their utilities, um, how the, the assets that are in use and the infrastructure that's in use within the entire industry. I mean, there's tremendous opportunity here. Um, it's uh, just, just imagine being able to converse with your data, right? And um, let's paint a scenario. Say, for example, there's a, a storm um, that's approaching your particular area and your utility wants to better understand what are the impacts uh, that this storm is going to have on the power network. So imagine going into your system and actually conversing with your data based on historical data, based on weather data, based on data, live sensor data that's coming from your assets and being able to converse with it in terms of asking um, through the use of AI and through the use of other AI tools to better understand what is the impact on reliability in the area? Uh, what assets are most prone to failure based on the type of storm that's coming forward? Um, what, how should I sequence my, my dispatch crews and my field maintenance crews and my restoration teams in what sequence to restore power? I mean, these this is all real life example that are bringing tremendous amount of value for the industry and of course to, to society as, at, at large. Absolutely. That ability to get ever more granular with those questions that you're asking, et cetera. Just like, again, the AI is be learning through that, too. So everything is getting better and better. Um, and that kind of consciousness about everything you're doing across business and societal benefits is really at the fore and accessible to everybody. So, yeah, so, so important. I love the way that this is heading. I think it's a very, very exciting time. Um, and on that note, you know, I do a lot of work around kind of encouraging more people to get involved in tech, you know, across all the different verticals that it can be involved in. And in particular, getting more of a diversity of, of, of people from backgrounds, so every every angle of, of, of diversity, including neurodiversity. I'm particularly doing a lot of work on that at the moment. And you know, everything we've talked about today, what a space to be to make a difference, you know, the agency here to impact so many different areas across business and societal innovation. Kind of wow, what a place to be. So I think I'd love to throw it to you for a second to kind of 
again, talk about that a little bit, because I know recently you were involved in, in a great big hackathon event. And I love those two as, again, a way to bring people together, look at a challenging subject, get different voices around it, create something new together. I'd love to share a little bit more, just kind of focus on that area a bit, because we have big you know, supply talent gaps. And sometimes we have issues in attracting people in. And I speak to a lot of people and sometimes it's kind of like, um, well, I haven't had this background or I haven't worked in coding or does it matter? I've not done X and Y. And I try and tip that around to say, actually, you've got all those different experiences. It's so holistic. You can bring those to the fore. It's exactly what we need. You know, all these different skills together make such a difference. So I'd love to hear that from your perspective below and particularly like the, the event you did recently, too. It just sounded amazing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're you're. 100% correct in that it's so important to have a diverse voice in the room when talking through these issues um, and being able to connect the dots between multiple organizations, multiple type of institutions, and just having a, a good diverse voice in the, in the room makes a direct impact in the solutions that are being put forward. Um, and yeah, I mean, incredible hackathon that I was part uh, part of um, just a few weeks ago We've concluded the the evaluation of some of the submissions on a global perspective and you had teams from you know universities coming out of Europe you had teams in in North America all of these diverse teams and voices that have different uh, backgrounds you know some on the data science side some on the more on the regulatory side but you have all of these voices in the room who are putting forward solutions common towards common challenges as well and i think that you know it's no it's it's a no-brainer that having a diverse voice in the room is going to get you the best result and that is absolutely true um and it's one thing that we at microsoft encourage in all aspects of 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 not just this industry but all aspects in terms of how we do business on a day-to-day as well um connect connecting the dots between multiple organizations between multiple institutions ensuring that you have folks not just from the technology side, but bringing folks in from a regulatory perspective, from a finance perspective, from a supply chain perspective. All of these teams are critical in in better understanding and assessing the challenges that we're dealing with. And then, of course, ultimately putting forward the the most optimal solution. Um, And I got to tell you, when you have a diverse team and when you have all of the stakeholders included in that process early on, it becomes a lot easier to sell that solution and it becomes a lot easier to get buy-in from the stakeholders once you have something that's ready to uh, to solve a big, hairy problem, right? So you're, you're, you're doing yeah, due justice along the way by ensuring that you get all of the right folks in the room together. Um, the output is, is far better and then just being able to get buy-in from, from uh, the industry is also a lot smoother that way as well. Definitely. And I think with what you're doing with a support point of view as well, <clears throat> you're also bring, bringing that forward with scalability and giving people that reach um, and, and partnership support as well that we talked about earlier. So all of those things together, you know, everybody benefits, don't they? It really, it really, truly is that way to go forward. I love that. Really brings it to the fore. And uh, one thing I'd like to do kind of as we get to near the end of a session like this as well is kind of leave, leave people with some kind of actionable takeaways. Because it can be quite difficult, can't it? With, with There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of challenges. And so how do you make small steps to make a difference quickly? What can you do that's kind of readily available? So I wonder if we kind of bring things to a close by focusing on that a little bit. And one could be kind of a call to arms to get more people involved in the sector as well, kind of a top tip around that. But going back to energy more broadly, all the different areas we've talked about today, particularly the role of technology within this as well, what would your key reflections be to share with the audience to, to think about and maybe take on board with their organisation? right now 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing that I, that I tell my children at, at times as well. You know, it's um, the next time you flick on a light switch or the next time you charge your phone um, or if even if you're driving an electric vehicle, I mean, th there's a whole world of technology and innovation behind just that simple action. And we talked about a lot of those things today, you know, the shift towards decentralized generation, rise of electric vehicles, smart grids, microgrids, all of this that's that's transforming this entire industry. Um, but, you know, it, and it's a, it's a lot to take in, um, but it really boils down to this. I mean, we're standing in front of a, uh, on the cusp of a new era in the power utility sector. Um, it's an era that where technology and innovation is really going to drive towards a future that is more efficient, more reliable, and of course, more sustainable. And this opens up a ton of opportunity for folks interested to get into this industry. You know, you don't necessarily need to be a electrical engineer to be passionate about the energy transition and to be part of the energy transition. Uh, there's so many opportunities to be part of this fundamental shift that's happening. And, you know, we talked about supply chain, regulatory, finance. I would encourage anyone that has an interest in this to, to look to how, how can you get part of it? Um, and then there are simple things that everyone can do to kind of help the shift as well. Energy efficiency, which we didn't get a chance to really dive into deeply today, but you know, energy efficiency at its core is managing how you consume your own power on a day to day, um, uh, become more efficient with your consumption at home, uh, reduce your consumption during peak hours, uh, you know, after work and, and on weekends, for example, you know, so th th there's simple things that everyone can do. I encourage all of your listeners to, I mean, if you're an expert in finance, you're an expert in supply chain, you're an expert in regulatory or policy, uh, there's an opportunity to be part of the, this industry. Um, it's it's not just geared towards your traditional engineering roles. It's, it's, it's open for everyone. I couldn't agree more. And I think there's probably never been a better time to get involved as well, because there's never been more of a recognition about all those different skills that make a difference. People are really starting to see that. And also the fact, I think, that energy and utilities is the hub of the wheel of innovation and impact in so many others. It's right there, you know, so that contagion effect of change doing this well, it benefits so many. So, yeah, being part of that and every role having that agency to contribute. You know, it's, it's not just even technical data facing roles. It's all those other different ones, you know, really, really makes a difference. We need all those voices, all those experiences. We need neurodiverse talent, everything coming together, everything benefits. You know, going back to AI that we were talking about earlier, when you have that diversity there, the risks of things like, you know, implicit bias, for example, that people yeah. can be really unaware of gets reduced too. there's 180 odd you know human versions of, of bias too so it's not just about the technology so i love that and it's it's holistic isn't it below at the end of the day bringing all these different considerations together from tech integration from trusted partnership and ecosystem um to, to the right process the right change management approach and the right skilling and upskilling opportunities and plus supporting people with skills confidence as well i always mention that because i think sometimes that gets left behind as well so i, lo I love the fact just thinking about all the things we've talked about I think in many cases, we've helped make some of the invisible a bit more visible. And I, and I love that because there's certain things you shouldn't want to see, you know, um, it should be, you know, friction free and people don't need to see what's under it. But actually, I'm packing particularly the technology behind. It. It's really important to help people understand that and, and get more confident in what tech can do and how it can help us all. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we take it for granted, some of the simple yep. things. Right. We, we take it for granted that, you know, the the buildings that we work in, the houses that we live in, we we expect when we flip on a switch that the power is going to be there. And we don't think yeah. about all, all of the technology that goes in behind it. Exactly. Uh, there's there's so much 
intelligence, so much innovation, so much development that goes in behind that simple task. Um, it, it's, it's definitely something that I don't take for granted. And I hope uh, today's discussion kind of uh, changes the perception for some of those folks who, who, who maybe aren't thinking about that on a, on a day to day. But uh, I, w- I would ask that your, your listeners take a pause and think about that and uh, all that complexity that goes in behind it totally agree with that and also the fact that no matter how complicated a lot of these issues theme, theme are in fact there's always a way there's always a role there's always steps you can take and all these little steps make a difference there's always ways to have agency to make a change you know whether you're deeply involved in this sector or uh you know consumer of it so to speak so from every kind of role from every perspective these small changes make a difference and they build up you know and over time you can get this contagion effect of really positive change i know we have to leave it there i will to come back for a part two there's there's so much we can discuss here below there really is but thank you so much for spending time with us today it's been a fascinating conversation and also a really meaningful one i feel as well so Thank you, Bilal. Thank you for joining us here on Tomorrow's Tech Today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Sally. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for watching and listening to. We'll be back with another episode very soon. And meanwhile, we'll be sharing more assets around what a meaningful conversation today and also sharing some ways that you can get involved in the energy sector specifically. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind the scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.